Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. I never really camped as a kid. My mom did not like sand in her hair, sweating in a tent, bugs, and the smoke of a fire. And so God was very gracious to my, to my mom and had her be born in 20th century America with running water and electricity. When she could have been born an Israelite of the tribe of Issachar in the 15th century B.C., born at the foot of Mount Sinai in the middle of the desert, now that was a camping trip. If we look at Israel through the numbers, and that's thus the name of the book of Numbers, we learn something amazing about this camping trip of Israel. Moses tells us that there were 603,550 men of fighting age from age 20 and higher who could serve in the army. So conservative calculation has 2 million people camping at the foot of Mount Sinai in the desert. Now, I can only think that they dug pit toilets. And how, were, how long were those lines to the showers? Oh, wait a second, the desert, no showers. They camped for almost a year since leaving Egypt under Moses through God with the ten plagues. As Moses received the ten commandments and the laws of God for his people. And we pick up with Israel in Numbers chapter 10, at the foot of Mount Sinai, about to leave and do some more camping as it would turn out to be 40 more years. Let's pick up in Numbers 10. On the 20th day of the second month of the second year since leaving Egypt, the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, the tent, over the covenant law, the word of God. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and they traveled for three days. The ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered and may your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. This is the word of our God. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, one of the great struggles of the life of a Christian is to not allow life to nudge God out of life. Let me say that again. One of the great struggles of the Christian life for the Christian is to not let life crowd God out of it. When I pack for camping, I stuff a lot of things into my duffel bag. And one of the things I always want to bring is my own study Bible full of my notes. But to try to stuff this thing into a stuff bag and then stuff it in the car so full, I always end up leaving it at home. 
And instead, I grab my, my little travel Bible with eeny bitty teeny words and no notes. And I'll put it underneath the driver's seat, taking God along for the journey. But time with God tends to face stiff competition with the camping agenda. To wake up early in the morning to go for an early morning hike, to get back to the campsite in time to light the fire to make pancakes for everybody else as they're getting up, and then down to the beach for some sandcastles and swimming, and then, Papa, can we go fishing? And of course, we'll go fishing. And back to the campsite, maybe 4 or 4.30, to get the fire going for kebabs, s'mores, songs, and then glow sticks. Fun stuff, but exhausting. And so by the end of that first day, I find myself recalibrating the agenda for tomorrow, how to keep God at the center of what I'm doing every day. Have you ever found yourself more distant from your God at the end of a two-week vacation from the busyness of your everyday life? Did you ever crack your Bible in those two weeks? Was church even on the agenda? Has there ever been a time in your life or a season in your life when you went camping without God truly at the center? Israel was about to go camping, truly. They were about to pull up stakes almost every day and travel to the next watering hole on God's list. You see, God had promised them a land of their own a place called Canaan. The Lord called it a land flowing with milk and honey. And these, as these people set off on their camping trip, the Israelites had never seen this land. But they had seen the mountain of the Lord at Sinai. They had seen the summit, summit the peak, with the power of God in the, in the dark cloud and the smoke and the flashes of lightning and the thunder. And they had heard his voice speaking to them that terrified them so much, they said to Moses, please have God speak only to you and not to us. Yes, every day for a year they saw the power of God from heaven at the peak of the mountain. But they also knew the blessing of God every day through, through something called manna. This bread from heaven that God just had miraculously appear in the morning in the dew on the ground to feed two million campers in the middle of the desert. But now they're leaving the mountain of the Lord. And the sound of his voice would now become the thing of stories among God's people around the campfires at night. Flashes of lightning and the rolling, the rumbling of the thunder would become the stories of faith told about how God once fought for his people and was there with the people and would be yet again. But as they set off, God did not leave them or forsake them. Far from it. God equipped his people. God's people were going camping and he placed his word, his power and his presence at the very center of his people leading ahead of his people. His word went with them and was before them. The scrolls written by Moses 
of God and his will for his people. God's promise to Adam and Eve, to Noah and Mrs. Noah, to Abraham and to Sarah, of a son who would be born, a land that would be given, and a people from whom would come the Savior of the world. And so God's word, his scrolls that Moses had written, went before them in a golden box called the Ark of the Covenant. 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, 27 inches high. And God's power and his, his visible power and glory also accompanied them on the journey in the form of a cloud over them by day with the fire of the Lord in, the, in that cloud at night. The cloud that rose from the ground around the Ark of the Covenant when it was time to break camp and move on. But a cloud that came to settle again around the ark when it was time to break for the day and camp. As you envision it, can't you just see what God would one day say to his people through the prophet Isaiah? Do not fear, for I am with you. When you walk through the fire, the flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God. God's people were going camping. And God made sure that his presence and his promises were visible and known. But why camping? Why that picture for us? Well, camping for most people is temporary. A tent for most people is not permanent. And when we camp, we are vulnerable to things like weather and animals. Just ask the guy in Massachusetts a couple weeks back who was attacked by a bobcat in the middle of the night while sleeping in his sleeping hammock between two trees, something I used to want to do. Do we truly grasp the truth that this life is but a camping trip? It is temporary. This and this is not our final home. And while we are on our journey, we are susceptible. We are vulnerable to th things that can harm us spiritually especially. Temptation from outside of ourselves or the hardest temptation from within. And the evil of the world that hates God and his people. Someone asked me after the first service, if you could go back in time and live in a different era of the world, what era would you want to live in? And I think about this. Would it not be nice if a pillar of fire and cloud was hovering over us on our, as we walk through our day every day? Would that not be cool? Why do we have the cross of Christ in our churches and our worship spaces? Is it not like the Ark of the Covenant that accompanied God's Old Testament people? A visible reminder of what our spiritual ancestors saw. On the cross, Jesus died for the sins of the world. Our ancestors saw him. They saw it. They heard it. An empty cross, an empty tomb, Jesus the victor <clears throat> over sin and death, and our ancestors saw him. And Jesus has become one that we share with song and verse around 
the fires of life for the last thousand years plus. And we express it through the cross in our worship spaces. Why did Jesus give us his supper? His body and blood together with the bread and wine for the very real forgiveness of sins. Is it not a visible, tangible promise of his love and his care for us? As surely as that cloud settling down among his people reassured his Old Testament people of his love and care for them. Why is it cool that we have baptisms within our worship services? Or we put the pictures of the baptized children of God on our worship screens? Is it not God's visible reminder of his presence among us, his power among us, and it's God doing his thing, showering his blessings on the journey of life as surely as the manna rained down from heaven? Water and the word for the forgiveness of sins, the power and the presence of our God. Back in the day, if I can say that at age 59, back in the day, 30 years ago or so, Sam did not look like your typical Christian, at least to my congregation back in the day. Sam did not look like a man you would expect to be in church. Sam seemed to have a, a shadow or darkness about him. A smile did not come readily. And he had these, these visible, expressive tattoos covering almost every square inch of his skin that you could see. And yes, he had a ponytail, for whatever that matters. But his face had the visible scars of this life. When Sam first came to our church, it was almost like his personality was muted. He sat in the back and he looked and he listened and he pondered. He told us later that he had come to our church to see if God was, well, if God was still the same towards him or if God had changed. And to see if the Lord was still there here for Sam. And then he said, sure as shooting, the cross was there. And every Sunday you reminded us that he died for me. And you were using the supper of the Lord, Christ's true body and blood, together with the bread and wine for the forgiveness of sins, you kept telling us. And you were baptizing babies and people like me. Quoting God that sins were washed away completely and a new life was born. You see, God had not changed, but Sam had. Sam had gone camping without his God. He had tried to make this life his home, the pleasures of this life his food. But something had happened in Sam's life that he would not talk about. But all of a sudden, life without Jesus became a lie. Life without Jesus was empty. Life without Jesus 
left Sam staring at the mountain, the peak of the mount of Mount Sinai, with all the darkness of cloud and smoke and lightning and thunder, with only fear in his heart. And so Sam came and sat in the back at the fringe of the camp of the Lord God Almighty to see if the manna of God's forgiveness was still free to him through faith. And it was, and it is. For God and his promises live among his people. When God's people go camping, it is the Lord who leads the way. It is the Lord who reveals his love and his teaching and truth. It is the Lord who gives us rest each and every day. But camping with the Lord, with him doing everything, is not meant to be a passive thing on our part. Just showing up on the weekend to receive some travel brochures from, the God, from God for the next week of camping. No, being a, a child of God and a camper of the Lord is not sitting in our, in our camp chairs staring into the, into the flames of the fire waiting for someone to ring the supper bell so we can go eat. No, to be a camper with the Lord is to dig in and participate. Moses shows us that with his prayer in our last two verses. We're told, whenever the ark set out... Moses said, rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. And whenever it came to rest, Moses said, return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. When Israel heard the trumpet call of God in the early hours of the morning, signaling that it was time to break camp and to move, the children of God got out of bed and went to the door of their tents and they looked at the sky. And above them was the cloud of the Lord, poised and ready to lead them into their day and through their day and bring them safely to a place of rest. And as they looked, their minds and their thoughts were settled. Their hearts were at peace. And they learned to sing with Moses, Rise up, Lord, may your enemies be scattered, may your foes flee before you. So as we ponder Moses' approach, what do you do with your morning routine or the end of your day to intentionalize your awareness of God's active participation in your living, in your life. Let me ask that again. What do you do with your morning routine or the end of your day to intentionalize your awareness of God's active participation in your life? Do you pull out the scroll, your Bible, and your cup of coffee, and you head to your favorite place in your house to worship your God and to hear his voice. My bride does that, but then she adds more to her day as she's doing her hair and doing her makeup, tends to listen to the Gaither vocal band and strains of How Great Thou Art. When I'm shaving, I tend to listen to everything from the Wisconsin Lutheran College Choir 
to a guy named David Crowder who has an album out called Milk and Honey and he sings about the promised land. Maybe you have a devotion book sitting on your kitchen table waiting for you and your Kashi cereal to show up. Come Lord Jesus, be my guest and let these gifts to me be blessed is a great prayer for manna for the belly and manna for the soul. pretty well-known quote to sum up our time in the world of camping this morning would be this one. If you don't feel very close to God, guess who moved? And then a very more, a more famous quote from our Savior God goes like this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Come to me and I will give you rest. My friends, camping is life, and life is camping. And with the Lord at the center, we are blessed. And we can learn to sing along with Moses and Israel, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, may it guard our hearts and our minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.